Welcome to This Week in Water for March 16, 2014. I'm Franny Halperin. And I'm Jamie Sudler. And here are some of the stories from this week's news. Forget about March Madness. Here's a contest that's worthy of your attention. It's Texas versus New Mexico, in water wars, that is. Texas and New Mexico are both suffering very serious drought problems, and the two are suing each other over water in the Rio Grande River Basin. Texas sued New Mexico in the U.S. Supreme Court more than a year ago and is alleging that New Mexico has violated its obligations under the Rio Grande Compact. Texas says that Mexico has repeatedly intercepted water intended for use mainly by Texas farmers but also by the city of El Paso. New Mexico has allegedly done this in two ways, by allowing diversions of surface water and by allowing groundwater pumping downstream of Elephant Butte Dam. Texas alleges that by increasing the amount of groundwater pumping, New Mexico is depleting the amount of surface water available to Rio Grande project users in Texas. And now the federal government is entering the fray. The federal government alleges groundwater pumping in New Mexico is tapping the shallow aquifer that would otherwise drain back into the Rio Grande and flow to Texas. The New Mexico Attorney General claims groundwater is a separate source of water from the Rio Grande Project, which provides farmers in southern New Mexico and Texas with irrigation water. The suit continues with absolutely no resolution or conclusion in sight. Meanwhile, farmers and water providers in both states are facing a difficult year ahead. Water hasn't flown consistently to the Gulf of California Delta since about 1960. The Colorado River has been dammed up and siphoned off to meet the needs of 30 million in seven states. But that's about to change. The gates of the Morelos Dam, located about a mile south of where California, Arizona, and Mexico join, will open on March 23rd to release a man-made flood. The so-called pulse flow event will mimic the floods that used to happen each spring. This, thanks to a milestone agreement in 2012 between the U.S. and Mexico to amend their 1944 river-sharing treaty. The goal of the pilot program is to restore the forest and wetlands which once teemed with life. What now is a thicket of invasive shrubs was once awesome jungles and lovely groves when American author and scientist Aldo Leopold canoed through it in 1922. The experimental flow will regenerate native cottonwoods and willows that haven't sprouted in decades. It will also raise groundwater levels to fill lagoons for fish and wildlife, as well as benefit many species of birds who nest in the delta, which is part of the Pacific Flyway. The flows will also help to restore a way of life for local Mexican farmers who long ago watched the Colorado River dry up. Tourism, recreational hunting, sport and commercial fishing have all been lost to the point where some younger residents don't even realize a river once flowed there. And Hollywood has gotten into the act. Robert Redford and Will Ferrell have launched a campaign on the Funny or Die website to offer their diverse opinions about how to restore the Delta. We'll be watching those videos and also be keeping an eye on this watershed moment in cross-border cooperation. We'll bring you news in the coming weeks and months about the outcome. The Republican-controlled House of Representatives wants to rein in the United States Forest Service. The House passed a bill last week limiting the service's ability to protect rivers and watersheds.
President Obama has threatened to veto the measure. The bill called the Water Rights Protection Act was proposed as a response to U.S. Forest Service contracts that required ski areas to transfer their water rights as a condition of obtaining a permit to operate on U.S. property. Some state water users fear the federal government would apply the same conditions to grazing contracts. However, the Forest Service had already backed off of the policy and had promised to revise it. Democratic Representative Jared Polis of Colorado was at first in favor of the bill, but has since changed his mind, stating that revisions during the committee process caused the bill to snowball into an effort to hurt river health and destroy recreational opportunities. American Rivers, the environmental organization, stated that the bill would gut any federal law, such as the Endangered Species Act, that requires agencies to protect fish and wildlife by requiring water developers to keep some of that water in rivers. The bill will likely not get a hearing in the Senate now due to lack of enough support, particularly in light of Obama's veto threat. Hit the road, Jack. If salmon could speak, that might be the tune they'd sing. Record drought in California has made rivers too warm and too shallow for salmon to make it from hatcheries in the Sacramento River to the Pacific Ocean. So they're doing what any typical Golden State resident would do. Take the freeway. Wildlife officials say they'll likely put about 30 million young salmon from the state's man-made hatcheries in 18-wheelers and drive them three to five hours to the San Francisco Bay where they will be released into pens. The fish will then be towed out to sea where they'll acclimate for about four hours before being released. Trucking salmon unto itself is not unusual, but the numbers are. In a typical year, the California Department of Fish and Wildlife transports about nine million salmon fry, about a third of what they're expecting to do this spring. The plan does not come without significant risk to fish. The young salmon who have not made the journey in the river might not be able to find their way back to spawn. Salmon rely on their sense of smell to track their path, so might lose their way when returning upstream and fall victim to predators or die. In an exclusive story, the British newspaper The Independent is reporting that the United States Navy has been dumping human waste into the Indian Ocean from its ships and submarines at Diego Garcia. Diego Garcia is a small island about 1,000 miles south of the tip of India. The U.S. has used the atoll by agreement with the U.K. since about 1971. The British have administered Diego Garcia since 1815 and have been determined to keep the island pristine, but apparently they did not convey this desire to their American tenants. The Independent states that the U.S. Navy vessels have been discharging wastewater, including treated sewage, into the Clear Lagoon ever since a naval support station was established on Diego Garcia in the early 1980s. Elevated levels of nutrients caused by the waste, which have resulted in nitrogen and phosphate readings up to four times higher than normal, may be damaging coral in the area. The problem came to the attention of the British government last year and was made public last week. No word on this problem yet from the U.S., but the Brits say they are attempting to work with the Americans to assess the extent of the problem and prepare a mitigation plan.
And lastly, in a story published in the latest issue of the journal Nature, some scientists believe there's a lot of water beneath the Earth's surface, and they mean a lot. A team of scientists from the University of Alberta think they have proof now that deep below us, there's a giant subterranean ocean with as much water as on the entire surface of the planet. While on a hunt for something entirely different in Mato Grosso, Brazil, Professor Graham Pearson and his team were initially searching for a different mineral. They paid a group of local miners about 20 bucks for a small, dirty-looking diamond. It turned out to be a diamond in the rough, however. It contained a small amount of ringwoodite, a stone formed under extreme pressure inside the Earth's mantle and brought to the surface in volcanic action. Ringwoodite had previously only been found in meteorites, and scientists had never found a terrestrial sample before. The most fascinating thing about ringwoodite, though, is that it's made up of a small fraction of water, and since it popped to the Earth's surface in the deepest kind of volcanic rock, they theorize that there's a giant ocean buried deep beneath the globe's surface. This discovery may help scientists better understand Earth's geology, but better than that, it allows the band The Talking Heads to say, told you so. This Week in Water is sponsored by Colorado WaterWise, whose mission is to promote the efficient use of Colorado's water. Learn more at coloradowaterwise.org.